Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Dominic, Dominic, you've asked me many a uh, strong political question before. Well, Dominic, as you might guess, I've been asked that a few times before. To those in the press who did their job and did it with professionalism, and even to some of you who are actually kind, where's Dominic? I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning, good morning, good morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are taking your telephone calls this hour. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Thank you, Rita Cosby. I will get to Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. In just a couple of minutes. But let's start off with the new mayor of New York City, Eric Adams. Adams was and is off to a good start. But boy, has he run into a brick wall. And that is the brand new Manhattan district attorney. I want to start by mentioning the topic of COVID. And of course you can uh, watch this show live on the WABC YouTube uh, page. We are streaming live. You can watch Rita Cosby's show live. You can watch this show live. We are streaming live uh, right now. I want to start with COVID. And this is one of the reasons why I say that Eric Adams was and is, present tense, off to a good start. Here's why. More than 3.4 million new cases nationwide in the last seven days. In New York City, hospitalizations have uh, topped uh, 5,000 a day for the first time since the spring of 2020. Adams, this morning, went on to the CBS Morning Show, and he said something that, as it relates to COVID, that I think all of us are thinking, and he said it. And I say bravo to the new mayor for doing exactly that. And what did he say? He says that we are tired of being prisoners to COVID and New York City will remain open despite the situation. We're tired of being prisoners to COVID. So let's be smart. Let's do the social distancing. Let's wear our masks, get vaccinated and take the booster shot. 
And then let's make sure we test. We're going to make sure we put a million point five tests in our schools so we can identify the child that has COVID and ensure that the rest of the classroom is not infected at the same time. Keep the schools open. The right things to do and say, Mr. Mayor, you are off to a great start. There are going to be times when I am going to be critical of you and highly critical of you. But, Mr. Mayor, you are off to a great start. Certainly, you are a 100% improvement of your predecessor. No doubt about it. What was his name, uh, the last mayor? I'm only joking. I do wish uh, Mayor de Blasio well. Horrible mayor, but I wish him well in his personal life with his family and with his kids. Just please stay away from uh, public office. So, on the CBS morning show, Adams was also asked about crime. Again, he was off to a great start. He is currently engaged in a decent start, but he has run into a brick wall, and that is the Manhattan District Attorney. Everybody agrees you should go after serious violent crime. That's not controversial. Sure. But the sure. you know the Manhattan DA made yeah. comments yesterday about not going after lo- smaller offenses, uh, fair beating, resisting arrest. Uh, there were a couple that, that he listed, and that's controversial. Uh, do you think that stopping big crime begins by going after smaller crime? Yes, I do. But also, I know uh, DA Bragg. I, I respect him. He's a great prosecutor, former U.S. attorney. And here's what I believe in my plan as I speak with them. At the precinct level, someone comes in for a, a, a petty theft. Right at the precinct level, you identify that they have a mental health issue. Instead of locking them up, let's defer prosecution. Let's have a local community-based organization that deals with mental health illnesses. Handle it right at the precinct. That's the coordination we need. There's no reason to put someone with a mental health illness in Rikers Island. That's a revolving door. Let's give them the services they need so we can prevent them from going into the Dwayne Reed ceiling again. Mr. Mayor, first-time offenders, yes. Uh, mental health services, perhaps, but uh, for many of these hardened criminals that that are revolving doors that you talked about in and out of the system, they understand one thing, Rikers Island, Rikers Island. Even if it's only a reprieve, if you will, of a couple of days for the public, it's still a couple of days that the public doesn't have to deal with these folks. So the mayor on the CBS morning show, was also asked about stop and frisk, the controversial police practice, the subject of the federal lawsuit. I contend the only thing these criminals understand is stop and frisk. Stop and frisk Listen, it may not be politically the right thing to say, but it is an effective police tool that gets the job done. We need stop and frisk. And the mayor, Mayor Adams, is not backing away from it completely. 
Can we talk about stop and frisk? Because mm. you seem to be very open to stop and frisk. You know, many people believe that it's a racist policy. Uh, Mayor Bloomberg actually apologized for stop and frisk. And I've heard you say you're open to it as long as it can be done properly. How do you do stop and frisk properly? Without targeting black and brown people. Exactly. Yeah, so that's such an important question. We talk about this often, but it never really settles in on people. And Bloomberg apologized for the abuse. Mm-hmm. A misuse of a tool is a weapon. Mm. We weaponize a tool. So you call someone, Gail, and mm-hmm. you state that there's a man in front of my house. They put a gun in his waistband. If that police officer can't go and investigate that crime, ask that person, stop them, question them, and then frisk them if the law, if the level of questioning reaches that, then you have taken away a valuable tool. That tool but that's that pretty specific, gun- though, Mr. Mayor. I think a lot of people that complained about stop and frisk was reasonable suspicion. And you can make anything reasonably suspicious, can't you? Yes. And that's the abuse. Remember when I say it? Yes. The abuse of a tool is a weapon. The mayor uh, appearing on the CBS uh, morning show. Now, here's the brick wall that he's run into. And that is Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. You can have Elliot Nest out there himself doing stop and frisk. If the uh, Elliot Ness uh, 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 right ne- sitting right next to Rudy Giuliani, if the if the if the prosecutor is not going to prosecute, what's the point? And this is why my premise of Eric Adams is and was off to a good start, but he's run into a brick wall. And so if you look at some of the comments uh, that the mayor has been making, um, showing support for for D.A. Bragg, for example, Adams said, I have a lot of respect for D.A. Bragg. He has a, a real vision. We're all going to come together and wear one jersey, Team Safe New York. Folks, you got to understand the politics of this. What else do you expect for him to say? For the first time in history, you have two black men running New York with a black state attorney general. He cannot go to war with he being the mayor. He cannot go to war, at least not yet, with the new district attorney. We are taking your telephone calls. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Let's start with uh, Henry in Manhattan, listening on the radio. Good morning, Henry, and welcome to Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, Dom. All right. First of all, Adams endorsed Bragg. The folks should know that. He knew Bragg's record. He knew what Bragg's intentions was once he became the DA. So Adams has an out. You have the no bail law. Okay, but wait, but wait, but wait, but no, wait. I, I, wait, 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 wait. I will take your call if you identify yourself. Why do you use, use uh, names that are not yours? I've always taken your like, call. Because yeah, they what? They don't. You take my call, but the screeners don't take my That's call. That's not true. That's- I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling you, they, they put your name on the board as well as everyone else's. And when I get to it, I, I have I, have you ever seen me not take your call? I always take it, but I just feel that we have to be honest with each other. If, if I don't, I don't, I don't appreciate you using a, a fake name. So, you know, put your name and I'm telling you, I will take your call, but please make your point. 
Okay. Um, first of all, Adams, folks, he endorsed Bragg. Uh, Adams has the out. you got to realize this. This was not in place when the Tower of Jelly became the mayor. Now Adams is the mayor. He's got it in place. No bail law, releasing prisoners. you got the, the, the governor now releasing prisoners out of the state prisons. And then now you have a DA in Manhattan, the heart and soul of the whole world, according to some people. To me, it's a dump now. He's not going to prosecute certain crimes. So to me, he's actually in, is in dereliction of his duty by not enforcing the laws of New York City I, and New I, York I, State. I, I, agree. I agree with you. I agree with you, but here's the problem, and here's why with Rita Cosby, again, the reason why I'm praising this morning our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis and Margot Katsimatidis, because they put up a lot of money to do those debates, and and this is what I don't understand about the electorate, right? So it was one of the only debates with the uh, candidates, uh, media debates, for Manhattan District Attorney. And all of them came up here, including, uh, including Mr. Bragg and on live radio for, for two hours or hour and a half, they all stated their point of views. So now everyone is shocked because Alvin Bragg is doing exactly what he said he was going to do. Correct. He identified himself as a, as a guy who's going to be a DA who prosecutes certain most crimes. And face it, let's face the facts of Manhattan or New York City. Uh, New York City is broken up into thousands of neighborhoods. You've been in housing projects. I've been in housing projects. We know there's lawlessness going in there. Garbage gets thrown out the window. Kids can't walk out and go to school without worrying about getting hit with something or someone trying to push drugs on them. There are people inside this city. We have to accept the fact who do not want law and order inside this city. And there's people also in this city on an emotional level cannot deal with it. Yes. And and I thank you for the call. You, You are dead on. And that's one of the things that I didn't intend on talking about tonight. But it's true. There are certain communities or certain segments of communities that do not want law and order or they perceive law and order. Let's be frank with each other, folks. They perceive law and order is not fair to black people historically. And so they don't want law and order. But the reason why I feel so bad for them is because they're disillusioned and they don't understand what's going to happen now. So you have a candidate. Remember, it was a crowded field for Manhattan District Attorney. You had some highly qualified candidates. And Mr. Bragg came along and said, wink, wink, you know, certain crimes I'm not going to prosecute, which was seen as a champion of the black community. And he was he was elected. And now we're all in shock because he's doing exactly what he said. It's, it's, it's not like he said, I'm going to focus on law and order and then did a complete 180. That's not what he did. In that debate here at WABC Radio, he told us, and we're going to play clips of that debate tomorrow night. He told us exactly what he was going to do, and he is doing exactly that. Listening on the radio, let's go to uh, Charles in Queens, and then we're going to go up to Boston. Charles, good morning. Go right ahead. Yes, good morning. Hi. Great show as usual. 
Thank you. Um, what I want to say, I'll start off with a 20-second joke to make my point. The wife of a bank robber who was just arrested wrote him a letter saying, I want to plow up the backyard and plant potatoes. He writes back from prison, don't plow up the backyard and don't plant potatoes. A week later, she writes him a letter, the FBI were here. They plowed up the backyard. He writes back, now you can plant potatoes. The point I'm saying now, we may as well defund the police. There's no use for the police. Their hands are tied. They can only get get into trouble by doing something. And the police, and the, and thanks to Bragg, nothing can be done anyways. The police are literally useless. Uh, unfortunately, it's so Charles. It's un- un- unfortunately, you are correct. Unfortunately, you are correct because if I'm a police officer, or certainly I'm sure the union delegate is sending a message to all of them. And that message is, listen, we don't have the political leadership to support us. Stand down. Yeah, but it's illegal what Bragg is doing. It's literally illegal. It, he it, can't legislate. He can't make it, laws. We, no, it, it's not illegal. We, we want to believe that it's illegal. The district attorney anywhere has the discretion to decide what cases he or she wants to pursue. That's the bottom line. And anybody like that tells Leticia you different, with the, with, like Letitia James, any, any district with, uh, attorney, Trump? any district attorney, if they if they deem it necessary to move forward, then they are going to move forward. It really is, uh, Charles, that simple. Now, if, can if he we be if, if can he be it, impeached? There are a, a, a process to remove uh, a sitting district attorney. I don't know the exact law uh, in New York as of right now. But what I am trying to say to you, Charles, is in terms of racial politics, and thank you for the call, do you really think that somebody's going to move against the first black district attorney in Manhattan? It's not going to happen. No one is going to touch this guy. I mean, un- unless unless uh, unless crime is... Just, you know, rampant. Other than that, and, and, and he has credentials. This is not his first job as, as a prosecutor. And I'm not defending him because what he is doing, I think, is, is wrong. It's wrong. And it's not going to help the people that he is trying to help. Let's see what my friend Drew, what Drew, uh, has to say uh, in White White Plains on the WABC app what Drew has to say about all this. Good morning, Drew. Good morning. Um, I actually like that I put Adams in this predicament, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm an Adams fan, but what I have realized about Adams is, and more than one person has said this, including Curtis, he talks out of both sides of his mouth. Every politician I mean does, Drew. Is- Every politician does. Go ahead. Okay, but just let me say what I'm about to say. But it's got to be quick. I, I can't because I, we okay, have a lot of calls. But about, go ahead. The thing is about Adams, he played to conservatives. He played to progressives. I call I that a like smart politician. He, I call that a smart politician. Well, that is a smart politician. But unfortunately, you're going to have to make one side angry. And, and the basic fact is in New York City, he has to fear a challenge and in New York State, a challenge from the left more than you do the right. And that's just been for, throughout what's been going on, whether we're going to look at Crowley or Elliot Engel. You know, they've been knocked off by, quote-unquote, progressives. It hasn't been a statewide or city election that's been close with a, a contender coming from the right. So with any politician that wants to survive, 
as a Democrat in New York City or statewide election, they're going to bear to the left. The same thing we're watching Kathy Hochul do. And until Republicans change their messaging and make their party stronger statewide and in New York City, this city's going to go more hey, and more to the left. Hey, Drew, let, let me you ask you this. Do- let me ask you this. You've made that point before. Let me let me ask you this because I have to move on. I, I, wanna, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I want you to explain this to me. Uh, because you attend the same church uh, that Mr. Bragg does or did, uh, which is Abyssinian, pa- uh, Pastor uh, Calvin Butts, a renowned uh, leader in the community. Explain to me, Drew, quickly, please, how does what Mr. Bragg wants to do, how does that help the black community? Because he's cutting out the BS crimes. He's trying to get to the root of the problem. So he's not just coming in and saying, we're going to lock you up. He wants to go after the specific bad apples. And anybody that could be saved along the way, he feels like, let's save them. So, so we, so we got, we, so wait, wait. So we're going to save all these, uh, uh, gang bangers that, 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 I almost said something I shouldn't say on the radio, but <laughs> so we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna save all these gang bangers that, that you're telling me kumbaya, they, they can be saved. But that's the fear-mongering because he said he's putting in a specific unit for violent crimes, which are gangs, and sex crimes. So he's going after gangs and things like that. He specifically said that. But what's being overshadowed is the crimes that he is letting go. And myself, as a person who's been involved in and out the system, I do believe it's some people that can change, and it's a lot that's not going to change. But his thing is he's going to save who he can save, and the people who he can't, you know, there's a place for you, right? right. This island, the well, federal jail, wherever right, it goes. Right, right. And, and, and what about and what about the know, rest of us? It, but, it but Drew, but but I thank you. I thank you for the call, and I I thank you for uh, for really uh, answering my question. I don't I don't agree with the, with the premise of what Mister Bragg is doing. I think that it is going to blow up completely in his face. And I think that we are all going to be the victims of his experiment. This is Manhattan. The world watches Manhattan. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Carter Talk Radio 77 WABC. Poor Mayor Eric Adams. The guy was off to such a good start, and he has run into a complete brick wall. How do you push law and order when the man that has to work with you, the Manhattan District Attorney, says, oh, no, I'm not going in the lane that you're going. You're going... That way, I'm going in the opposite direction. Wow. Let's go right back to the telephone calls. Let's go to uh, Philadelphia and Robert. Robert's listening on the radio. Hey, Robert, you, you already have a situation like we have now in New York in terms of your district attorney. Uh, Krasner's a clown, but I just in full disclosure, me and my family left the city eight years ago. Okay, we live all right. right out, we live right outside the city. Okay, um, all right. And you know, I've talked to you before, you know where I am politically, you know where I am with law enforcement. 
but I have this libertarian streak in me, and I have to disagree with you when it comes to stop and frisk. Okay. In my in my opinion, in most situations, it's not constitutional. It does it work? Yeah, but so would locking people up willy nilly. But it's not constitutional. Okay. Sadly. All right. Okay. So then, Robert, with all due yeah. respect, what what's the answer? Um, keeping them in jail for their crimes. Yeah, you if know you what? You're, that, you're, you're, you're right. You're right about that. You're you're right about that. And you don't have to violate other people's rights. Even if they're guilty, they still got rights. Well, I see, mean, I but Robert, I, I, I didn't say, Robert, I didn't say violate people's rights. I said I support stop and frisk. I didn't say go overboard and violate their rights. What I, what I am trying to say to you, if that, if, and I'll let you uh, respond, if you have two... Uh, the great detectives of New York City. Let's say you have a male and female uh, detectives, right? And they're in, they're in an unmarked vehicle, and they see uh, someone with a, a baggy shirt on and baggy jacket. The way, and they they have some legal reason. Obviously, having baggy clothes is not just enough to engage, question, and and, and frisk them. But they they come up with a legal reason to do so. What what's wrong with that? As long as it's not done by the hundreds of thousands of cases where it's only targeting, for example, black men or, or let's say, Latino men, what what is wrong with that? But that's who it targets. I'm not saying that they're not well-intentioned in what they're doing. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not even disagreeing with you on principle. Okay. Strictly constitutionally. And that person who looks like a thug has the same rights I do. And unless he is a known now, if you're talking about a known felon, okay, all right. Okay, but if you're just talking about a scary-looking group of kids walking down the street, I understand your concern and share your concern. But stop and frisk usually is not constitutional. I would prefer them kept in jail to reduce the recidivism that is the brunt of sixty percent of the crime that's committed. Hey Robert, but, I, I, I've got to move on, but but I but I appreciate your call. I want to ask you this. So then, how do we get the guns off the street? Right? It's not it's not just the 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 criminals that have already done time carrying guns. You as you know, you have these thirteen year old kids and gangs, twelve year old kids carrying weapons and getting caught for the first time. So if they're not a known criminal. I mean, the cops' hands are already tied, Robert. What what else are we going to do to get the guns off the street? I agree with you. Once you got them, lock them up. But the the other ones, what do you do with that? Um, mandatory gun sentencing and make sure that the judges don't plead the guns down to an instrument of crime to avoid sentencing them. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. You've got to keep them in jail. Well, I, I agree with you, Robert, and I thank you for the call. But the Manhattan DA has already said, I mean, think about this, folks. You, you take office, and and this is what he did at the uh, WABC debate. This is what I'm not going to prosecute. And let's let's cut the nonsense. I'm really trying my best not to slip and say something I'm not supposed to say, folks. Let's cut the nonsense. It's a pander for votes, and it worked. It worked. You add Soros million dollars to his campaign. You you add the fact that he's it's almost like an election year goodie. He gave 
people, a certain part of the electorate, what they wanted, what they wanted to hear. And he's been rewarded by being elected Manhattan District Attorney at the expense of the rest of us. To Connecticut and uh, Tony listening on the radio, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Dominic, I'm a big fan of yours. How you doing, buddy? Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing well, Tony. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing great. I have a question for you. So my children live in northwestern Connecticut, okay? Okay. When we go to a playground, I don't have to worry about bullets flying and hitting my children, which is a nice thing. Right. It is a great thing. thing. It's a great thing. That's a great thing. Now, if you live in Bushwick, Brooklyn, let's say, and your children are on a swing set or they're on a Mm -hmm. playground, Mm -hmm. there's a chance that a bullet can go fly and hit one of your children. So here's my question for you. A good chance. A good chance. Right. Now, here's my question for you. An African-American man is walking down the street. He gets stopped and frisked. He has nothing on him, right? No harm, no foul. He's let go. He walks down the street. Another African-American man comes down the street. He gets stopped. He gets frisked. He has an AR, you know, whatever, AR-15, I mean, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. right? He is then taken to jail. That person could have shot a bullet towards a child in Bushwick, Brooklyn, on a slide, and kill the three-year-old or a four-year-old or a five-year-old. If that person is taken off the streets, are we going to worry about constitutional rights? Now, listen, I'm a conservative, and I actually believe in constitutional rights, and I'm all for conservatism in terms of the Constitution and in terms of stop and frisk, okay? But if we're going to save a child's life in Bushwick, Brooklyn, shouldn't that person's that shouldn't that child still have the same safety that my child in Northwest Connecticut should have? Yes. And to be honest with you, Tony, uh, it's the reason why I, um, boy, I wanted to ask you a follow-up question. I want Tony's gone. Um, it's, it's the reason why I moved out of the city many, many years ago and moved to Rockland County because, um, I wanted my kids to play looking at the deer uh, rather than me having to worry about uh, them being the victim of a, of a uh, stray bullet. And it can happen anywhere, but the odds are it's going to happen in high-crime areas. And so what I wanted Tony to respond to was a tweet I'm looking at right now on my Twitter, Dominic TV, from Wiser Words 2, in which she says the problem with stop and frisk is that most of the people they're stopping aren't criminals and therein lies the problem therein lies the problem i support stop and frisk now does that mean i don't support someone's rights being violated it doesn't mean you can just you can just say hey there's a black guy get up on the wall no no but if all the all the rules are followed and if the police have a legitimate reason to stop and frisk someone. I don't see anything wrong with that. And I'm going to say something that's, that's not politically correct. Um, but, but it's the truth. It's the truth. And that is, you know, you often hear that, um, well, it's uh, stop and frisk is not fair to people of color to which my response is, and I say this with love for my own community. Who's committing the crimes? Who's committing the crimes? I know people don't want to hear that. 
people say, oh, that's racist. That, that's, not, that's not accurate, Dominic. No, no, no. Yeah, it is accurate. And at some point, we have to be honest about this, folks, as far as who's committing the crime. And the police are going to be directed to areas where the crimes are being committed. So another reason why I say Eric Adams was off to a good start. Guy goes into a store in Brooklyn with a gun, and Adams came out the same way Giuliani would. Adams came out the other day and said, look, this guy was a bad guy. As you all know, the mayor can get someone's rap sheet in a matter of seconds, his scene. And if the person's a bad guy, it's got to be called for what it is. It really is that simple. And so Adams was headed along a path, and maybe he'll find a way to still go along up that path of delivering law and order. But how can you deliver law and order in the biggest borough, certainly in terms of stature, and the district attorney says, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not for that. Let's go to Virginia Beach, Virginia. Let's say good morning to Michael listening on the radio. Good morning, Michael. And what's on your mind this morning? Well, thank you very much, Dominic. I'm, uh, I'm thinking about uh, all those petty crimes mm-hmm. which have, in the past, sent uh, men, black and white, uh, to jail or to prison when. Uh, they could have been allowed to get a job or forced to get a job mm-hmm. and um, pay uh, pay restitution to mm-hmm. their victims mm-hmm. and uh, keep keep their 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 livelihood. But now, for for decades, uh, even centuries, you've sent them to prison as as the solution. You call them penitentiaries. That's a that's a religious term, and uh, we shouldn't be running our government by somebody's uh, stupid religious doctrine. You send them to prison. Then when they get out, they can't get a job for the very fact that they have gone to prison. They weren't allowed to pay for their crime to uh, 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 compensate the victims. And so you have uh, Alvin Bragg trying to correct that situation, which uh, can't possibly be corrected in this manner. We need to have a serious, long discussion about how to make reparations, not for slavery, but for unbalanced, religiously uh, irrational, irrational hey, law Michael, enforcement. Michael, Michael let, let's say for argument's sake that I agree with you, right? I'm, I'm not for reparations, and I know you're not talking about financial reparations, Right now, but let's say let's say I agree with you for argument's sake, right? Just for argument's sake. So, if the district attorney is not going to prosecute crime, then who is? Well, he didn't say he wasn't going to prosecute crime. No, but but you know what I mean, Michael. You 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 know exactly. You're a smart guy. You know exactly what I'm talking about. He is trying to bring reasonableness. Uh, to the situation, uh, you've okay. got so many of these black people, they can't get a job anywhere. They're okay. going to carry a gun. They're going to get okay. money anywhere they okay. can get it. So, okay, so, Michael, so he, here's, my, here's, my, uh, here's my next um, 
question for you, and then I've got to move on. To these, to these homeboys, right? Or, 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 and I'm defining homeboy as as people that are committing crimes, right? What message do you think the DA is sending to them? What say that again? What, what so, is he sending to them? The message that uh, District Attorney Bragg. Listen, we, we, you're well intended, and I get that. But to these street smart hustlers, what message do you think Mr. Bragg is sending to them? Uh, really, they're not getting any message out of it at all. And here's why I say that. Not a few days ago, Rita had uh, Rudy Giuliani on saying that when he took office uh, back in the, in the 1990s, uh, there was 2,000 murders a year in New right. York. Right. So right. how do you explain that? How, How do you explain I, that? I, I, I'm not following, Michael. There, there were 2,000 murders, and then Rudy Giuliani cleaned up New York. Well, it's not anywhere near 2,000 now. It's okay. only 500. Right, but, you, okay. but, but you're proving my point that law and order works. But, Michael, I, I thank you for the call because I've gone way over the time allotment uh, in which I've got to take a break. Folks, we are going to continue with your telephone calls in just a second. And I can tell you right now, tomorrow night's topic is going to be Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. And we are going to pull clips from the actual debate that was held here at WABC put on by our owner-operators, John Katsimatidis, Margot Katsimatidis. And we're going to let you hear what he had to say during the campaign. I'll be right back. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. I don't know, folks, um, if many people have noticed this yet, the Cuomo Factor. I'm going back to the Manhattan District Attorney. But, and I shouldn't even say that I was shocked because I've told you folks uh, this week and last week that the Cuomo comeback is underway. Believe me when I tell you. So I pick up the New York Daily News. And here is the title of an op-ed, uh, editorial piece, that they have in the Daily News. News, And it says, the New York Daily News, an innocent man, notice what I just said, an innocent man, Albany DA David Soares won't prosecute Governor Cuomo for an alleged grope. So an editorial in the New York Daily News is already using the term innocent man as it relates to the former governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo. Very, very, very interesting from one of the tabloids this morning. Let's go right back to your telephone calls. Jules in Boston listening on the radio. Good morning, Jules, and what's on your mind? Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I thought this conversation has been fascinating, and it's really been challenging me in so many ways, but one of the things I really want to point out in Boston, if you want an example of what uh, Bragg's uh, leadership might look like, I think you can look to Boston mm-hmm. because we have 
uh, Rachel Rollins, who has been our DA. And I just want to highlight this very important point. There's a headline in our local Boston Globe paper a few weeks ago that said, not prosecuting low-level crimes leads to less crime in Boston. And so I, I think there's a fear that people have about this issue, but there's a reality that can play out in a different way. And I'm just worried that so much of the conversation is sensationalized and creating fear that does not need to be there. There is evidence in looking at Boston that there has been a decrease in crimes of all sorts because she has decided not to prosecute some of these low-level low crimes. The examples that have, people have been using um, of the crimes that, that need to be prosecuted, those crimes need to be prosecuted. But these low-level offenses, she's tried to figure out alternatives to that. And I think that's, that is necessary because, as the previous caller just stated so powerfully, some of these kids who have committed these low-level crimes, their, their lives have been set, set back because of that. And I agree, anyone who, who commits some of these really horrendous offenses, or not even horrendous offenses, anyone that, that deserves to be in jail should be in jail. But some of these low-level crimes, there needs to be another way of thinking about it. And that's what Bragg is trying to do. Okay, so would, all right, okay, so wait, wait, c c catch your breath for a second, Jules. Can you give me an example of um, one or two things that you consider a low-level crime? Um, I would say fair evasion. Okay, so... <laughs> so, Jules, and I'm just I'm just laughing because I, I, I'm in your city quite a bit. I've never been on your bus system, but I'm in Boston quite a bit. And I must admit that, you know, I prefer to stay down. I think the sea the seaport district and I don't really venture out unless I'm there relaxing or at the airport. But but here's my question to you. In New York City, fair evasion, if you don't crack down on it, the MTA that runs the system is going to lose 35 to 40 percent of its income because people are not going to pay. So then what? I, I'm, I'm not. I, I agree that that is a, a, a big uh, challenge to the system. I am. I'm just talking about from the point of view of these offenses for People who maybe the second time around, if you if you do this crime, mm -hmm. I've seen okay. I've seen teenagers out of you know just having fun or whatever, making these stupid decisions. Okay, and, right. and getting arrested and prosecuted. Okay, so for so it. give me another one, uh, another one that you consider a low level crime. Um, and I realize I'm putting you on the spot here, yeah, live I, on the radio. But is there one that comes to comes to your head? Um. Well, one of the examples that um, comes to mind is um, marijuana, possession of marijuana. Actually, mm -hmm. it's legal here in, in, in Boston now. But right. I just think about the fact that before it was legalized, the number of young men and women that were arrested and prosecuted because of possession of marijuana. It just, it just, okay, it really so, okay, so, okay, so wait. So, so it's legal here in, in New York now as well, Jules. So, so when it was when it was illegal, so I want to make sure I got this right. So the kids should be able to walk around with marijuana and blow marijuana in people's face, blow marijuana in police officers, and it's actually happened in police officers' faces, and and that should just be allowed because they're young and and impressionable, and they're going to make mistakes. That should just be allowed. I'm just trying to follow the logic. Thank you. I. 
I want to highlight this. These people will be arrested. The, the, the police can, doesn't mean the police are not going to arrest them. I mean, and, and some and some of these people will be arrested. And 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 the idea of whether or not they should be prosecuted, I think that's the, that's the question. And he's not saying in all situations they won't be prosecuted. I mean, obviously, if you're disrespecting a police officer in that way, they should be prosecuted. So I just think that I, I think we, hopefully, hopefully, Bragg is not going to use a, a one size fit all approach. I think generally speaking, he's trying to figure out a way to reform the system. But of course, if someone is doing something that even is a low-level offense that is a repeated offense or, or whatever the situation is, that person may need to be prosecuted. And I would hope that Bragg does not use a, a one-size-fits-all. But I think he's saying generally speaking, with some of these low-level offenses, we need to take a new, another look at it. And I just would please just the fear that you create, that you and your callers seem to be uh, um, creating by saying that this is what's going to happen. Look at Boston. Please just look at Boston. This has not happened. Okay, but Jules, 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 I've got to move on. But but if you notice what I said when I'm in Boston, right, because my daughter lives in nearby, and thank you for the call, nearby um, Rhode Island, I said that I stay in the seaport uh, district area, and I don't venture venture out. Now, ask yourself why in the city of Boston you're telling me that uh, Rollins, before she left to become U- U.S. attorney, that her approach was working, and I don't uh, find that to be the case. Um, but 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 that's what you're telling me. I, I wish my friend uh, Jennifer from Boston was on right now, but so she could give me the uh, counter. Uh, point of view uh, on Boston. But ask yourself, Jules, and I know I'm just one individual, but when I'm in Boston, why don't I venture out? Right? Why Why do I just stay in that one area and, and that's that? And so I am, I am telling you, I know that you mean well, Jules, you and others, but with these kids and that we have today, all you're doing is giving them a green light to victimize people and attack people, and that's the way it's going to go. Coming up at 1 a.m. this morning, the other side of midnight, Frank Morano. I'm going to go to Frank in just one second. Let me go uh, first to one more call. Let's go to, uh, let's see here, let's go to, to Mike in New Jersey listening on the radio. Good morning, Mike. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'll try to be try to be quick. I'm not sound like an old timer here because I'm not. But okay, the breakdown of the family, people letting their kids get away with a little bit, a little bit. We all try to do in your kids, right? But eventually, mm-hmm. your parents mm-hmm. they stop you. These kids, they're not getting they're getting away with things when they're young. They're getting a little older. All right, you get a little problem. Your last caller saying certain things, then it escalates to something else. Before it know it, they're getting slapped on the wrist. They're getting into the system, and if, if, I hate to talk about race, but if most of the crime is one race against another, I'm not going to mention a color, then they're hurting their own people. What is this guy doing in New York? I'm not even a New York resident, but how are you possibly, and also, the guy that talked about giving them a job, what are we supposed to do now? Give people a job so that they can pay somebody back? They're committing the crimes after times they don't have the money. We're going to take them, give them a job, that's great. So they can pay somebody back? That's not going to happen. Mike, remember I told you this. This move by the district attorney will be 
devastating to New York's black community, New York's Latino community. I thank you for the call, Mike. Remember, folks, what I said. It will be devastating to communities of color. Because in communities of color, if it isn't the wild, wild west now, be sure it will be in just a, a short, short amount of time. And with me right now, Frank Morano, the other side of me. Hello, Dominic. Very informative, and enjoyable show as always. Good morning. Good morning. So how are you today? I'm doing great. I am doing great. Ready for a day of uh, seeing January 6th hyperbolic media coverage across right, the right. political spectrum. So, right. Yeah, and and uh, what do you have coming up? Uh, we got a great show for folks today. I am going to tell people about a... An elite law professor that says there are too many Asians. So we're going to evaluate her statement and find out if there are, in fact, too many Asians in this country. Or wow. Not. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk with a, a woman from something called the DNA Doe Project. Really interesting, really, really uh, insightful woman who uses DNA to identify victims and uh, proponents of crimes that happened years ago. It's really wild stuff. It is Thursday, so we're going to do the AC report and a bunch of other things uh, that we have on our agenda today. So it'll be so a, a full show. Oh, you know it. So let's go right back to the telephone calls. Frank Morano, Dominic Carter, you select the uh, next caller. Well, how about uh, Michael in the Boogie Down Bronx? Okay, Michael, you're up. Go right ahead. Hi, Dominic. Hi. Dominic, I, I feel so, and Frank, hi. hi. I just feel so, it's like we're being played and dissed at the same time. We have a good cop, bad cop situation. You got a mayor who's playing good cop, and you got a district attorney playing bad cop. And I think this was the intention from the beginning. Uh, Davis is not who you think he is. He's just an extension Who's Davis? And that's how I feel. Wait, 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 wait. Who's Davis? You mean you mean Eric Adams? I'm sorry, Eric Adams. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so you feel he's an extension of uh, De Blasio? And also, I'd like to know how we went from African Americans to black again. To me, there are two cultures in this country now. We have African Americans and we have black globalists. And that's the problem that's happening now. Those two cultures are clashing against each other. Well, and Frank, you you want to you want to tackle that one? I know you're going to look at me and say I'm not African American. Well, yeah, you I'll, I'll, I'll let the black versus African American <laughs> aspect of the conversation go to you. I respectfully disagree with the first part of Michael's assertion that he's just an extension of De Blasio. If you look what Eric Adams did yesterday, uh, or this week rather, he appointed uh, to one of the top posts in city government, chief of staff to the deputy mayor of operations. This person is basically running city government, James Otto, the borough president of Staten Island. Eric Ulrich, uh, the Republican councilman from Queens, was also appointed as a senior advisor to Eric Adams. Uh, if Who was the last Republican that Bill de Blasio appointed anything? He's never appointed a Republican to any senior post in his administration. So I think the fact that Adams is taking Republicans from districts that he didn't win and putting them in senior leadership positions in his administration shows you that he's anything but an extension of de Blasio, bringing back the anti-crime unit, bringing back punitive segregation. 
situation. Look, the, Curtis Lee had no bigger supporter than me. I worked on the campaign, mm-hmm. as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I am liking much of what I'm seeing from Eric Adams. And look, it's not his fault that the people of Manhattan chose to elect someone that had no interest in prosecuting the law. You want to blame someone for Alvin Bragg other than Alvin Bragg? Manhattan Democratic voters should look in the mirror. And for all the people in this audience that wanted to blame ranked choice voting for chaos, I will point out Eric Adams, a relative moderate, at least on public safety issues, elected in a primary with ranked choice voting. Alvin Bragg, who is a uh, Wild West, uh, you know, prosecute no one prosecutor. He was elected without ranked choice voting. So maybe if we had ranked choice voting in some of these other elections, you'd see more moderate candidates emerging. Let's go to uh, Audrey in Brooklyn. Good morning, Audrey. Hey, I love you guys. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Dominic. Good morning. I need some help here. Am I black or African-American? How dare that gentleman? But anyway, are we the cause of, of everything? It's not a black-white thing. It's Let's stop separating the fact that everybody's a criminal. And when's the last time you've been in my neighborhood, Dominic? Um, <laughs> um, okay, well, wait. You're, you're in Bed-Stuy? Yeah, a revised bed style. Been here since 1964. But I, I, I'm just amused how folks can identify who we are as a people and, and really go, talking about stuff that happened 20,000 years ago. And well, so I stopped and frisked. Well, they revised it because I was stopped and frisked when it, when it was happening unnecessarily. I applaud that, but it needs to be revised. But Audrey, what, one, one, one. I, I used to have a sentiment of... I'll walk into any New York City community because I'm of okay. New York, no matter no matter how tough it may be. Okay, but it. but maybe because I'm starting to get a little older, that's starting to change. And I'm 59. Come visit me. I'm gonna show you the and, neighborhood. And, 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 and I love you guys. And thank thank you, Audrey. And and I've I've I hate to put it this way, but but I mean you know I I grew up in the in the projects as you know the Patterson houses, the Throgneck houses, and then um and then I moved to Rockland County because I didn't want my kids for all of my hard work, for all of my wife's hard work, to have to go through the same struggles that we did. My wife from Harlem. Um, and so one of 11 kids. And so, you know, I've, 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 I enjoy the suburbs. I enjoy the suburbs and that's where I'm going to retire in the suburb, uh, type environment. I certainly would not move. Well, you know, you know, Frank, I, I, I wish part of me wishes that I had purchased a, uh, a brownstone. Oh boy. Right. But what's going on in, in New- the, I'm going to be honest with you. You think I'd want to leave my million-dollar brownstone and see what goes on in the corner? And, and so, and I don't. These, I don't. Or, or have my children have to experience that? I don't. I, I'm of the belief that I want the police there to keep me safe, to keep my property values up. Dominic Carter with you, folks. Tomorrow we're going to play some of the actual debate, the WABC debate, which Mr. Bragg was part of. Keep it right there. One of the best shows on radio is coming up. The Other Side of Midnight, Frank Morano, right here, Talk Radio 77, WABC.